0: You dumb can't outdumb <laughs> you you don't you know outdumb me. <laughs> no no
1: swearing, right?
0: Um Yeah. If you accidentally swear, it's not like if you a, you we're not gonna swe-
1: yeah. cut it out or anything. Yeah. Like. It's fine if you do. I just you guys have your you guys have your policy. I just want to make sure I match the tone. We that don't, don't have a
2: policy, I just I pretty much just follow <laughs> Pete and Pete has a <laughs> hard time saying he tends like, not to. crap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> saying <the> crap. <gasps> oh, my, <gasps> my Oh, my stars and garters. <laughs> From Pete and Levi, it's time for Creative Combat, the short internet web-sode audio-cast thing where sometimes we'll interview people and ask them, how do you do it? (laughs) I'm Pete. And I'm Levi, and today we are joined by the venerable...
0: Venerable,
1: yeah. The venerable, I think means old, like established, been ah, around, yeah. ancient. Okay. The yeah. venerable
0: the Cole podcast. Ross.
1: Yes. <laughs> okay. Cool. It's a
0: huge honor to
1: have you here. Oh, thank it you. Really is. I know.
0: I... Getting started, Cole has been very generous, helping us get our podcast off the ground. Yes, because he's yeah. venerable.
1: <laughs> Other things. <laughs> no, it's 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 fantastic to be asked uh, onto a show. It's uh, you guys really made a big mistake because you guys are like, clean, concise, and constructive. And every other word <laughs> in my mouth is a swear. I don't make a podcast that's less than 90 minutes, and I've never helped a person in my life. So. That's not true. <laughs> this is going to be fun. <laughs>
2: um, but that's a lie, Cole, because you're you're actually really, really helpful. And uh, you, so you, you and I work together, Cole, yes. at the same company, and you have a very creative position here where you get to come up with concepts, write new things, brainstorm with big thought leaders in the tech industry and in the medical industry and the financial industry and just all the industries in all of the verticals and all of the startups and all of the worlds. (laughs) And you get to tell stories. And Mm -hmm. that's like, it's so hard to do and you do it day in and day out. And then you also run a very successful uh, podcast network syndicate <laughs> yes. um and then who knows what else you do uh, now you write a lot too so how many I,
0: podcasts do you have now
1: uh we have eight podcasts on the network okay. i am involved in six of them and we have four more in development oh my well, gosh dang. yeah yeah so <laughs> ta- um, so what i would
2: love to hear from you first of all is just kind of give us a rundown like what what does your creative landscape look like and then um i mean we've got questions on how but, yeah, I'd, I'd just love yeah. to hear from you. Like, what yeah. what do you have your hands in right now?
1: Well, you pretty much laid it all out, actually. So we've got the, uh, you know, the day job um, where we both work. Um, and then when I leave that, I'm pretty much working full time on uh, podcasts over at DuckFeed.tv. Not to be... Nope. No, wait. the link There's is in the show notes. A, yes, yes, yes. Uh, making making shows primarily about uh, about video games mm-hmm. um, and uh, different uh, forms of culture and things like that, um, and that's pretty much the the the, t- the two sides of it. Uh, <laughs> if also, you want to put them into broad categories. Sorry, yeah. I,
0: I didn't mean to interrupt. But also, you're running a, a really successful Patreon, and yes. you're also mm-hmm. running like a community of listeners. Like you're, I, I've seen you just take really great care of your listeners and mm-hmm. really be engaged and that is that is a full-time job in itself <laughs> yeah so definitely it's pay- and
1: it's it's one that that, that I'm lucky to have and mm-hmm. thinking about like oh you know how how do you do it where you know where does the drive come from or whatever we're very fortunate to have this you know a uh, community of some number of hundreds of people a lot of the some number of thousands yeah, that, wow. that, that listen yeah. who really bolster us and support us and provide great feedback and support and things like that so being in close touch with them like yeah it's in a way that is like a you know create creativity but also feel like it's you, you know we owe it to them yeah because <laughs> they take care of us
2: so that's that's interesting I want to I want to follow that thread a little bit do you feel like there's a certain level of Uh, Maybe obligation isn't the right word but uh, that little bit of pressure to know that there's an audience on the other side of that curtain and when the curtain comes up you need to perform that keeps that momentum going for you creatively.
1: Not really. It's uh, so obligation isn't the isn't the right word. Even when our audience was 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 smaller, there was still that drive mm-hmm. to you know to meet the schedule. Uh, on one of our shows, uh, watch out for fireballs. We've only ever missed one episode, Wow. Um, and that's over the course of the five years that it's been running. And that's because I got into a car accident.
0: That's and a pretty we... <laughs> good reason. Call <Cole>. uh...
1: <laughs> But No one
0: can fault you. For not that. only that, like watch <laughs> out for fireballs is like one to two hours. Even more sometimes, and we just put out one that was three and a half. I, I know, and <laughs> and you guys, you guys do a lot of research, and you do, you basically play through a video game mm-hmm. and do research around it. So it's not like a show up and talk style podcast. It is, it is it? You know, instead of reading Wikipedia, mm-hmm. I'll just look up the episode <laughs> on like Super Metroid and be like, all right, yeah. Cole's got me here. And and I not, yeah. well, we,
2: absolutely. I do the same thing, but not to mention the. The creative writing that you do mm-hmm. on the front end of a of your show yeah you do skits <laughs> and you write the <laughs> yeah. it's the skits yeah. yeah well so,
1: I, I share I share those duties with with Gary Butterfield the mm-hmm. uh, one of the partners in the network yeah. yeah. But I mean, like all of that goes go, goes into it. But back back to that point, like, does it feel like an obligation? You know, does it feel like something? You know, just where the kind of the the, the drive or the locus of control comes from outside? Not really, because it's kind of been the same from the start. Yeah. And there are complicating factors, right? Like we've taken and we've turned it into a, a business. You know, we have the we have yeah, the Patreon right. side of it, and that that changed the nature of the actual work hmm. very little. Hmm. Um, In reality, we were putting out shows on a regular basis and we were going to continue doing that regardless. This allowed us to prioritize that. And anything that, you know, uh, attaching money to this changed was like, well, now we just want to provide provide more value. We want to create this Slack channel. We want to, you know, design and send out postcards, T-shirts, stuff like that. Like it just added extra supplementary stuff. But the core of it, uh, the thing that takes the most time has always kind of been the same. Yeah. So you mentioned Gary, and, mm-hmm. and
2: I wanted to, to uh, follow that a little bit, because we've talked about bringing creative allies alongside in order to help, you know, help take those steps toward the thing that you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it look like to have a partner in, in this network business um, with, with Gary?
1: It's great because we share so much of the responsibility we have. Um, so in in line with like you're picking an, uh, an ally, right, you want to make sure that um, you are, you know, your strengths kind of like offset each other's weaknesses or more accurately, like it's not strengths or weaknesses because both of us can do a lot of the same stuff, mm-hmm. preferences, right? We mm-hmm. had a backer blog here recently where I talked about – uh, just putting notes together and stuff like that but we had this anecdote whenever we do a live show um, it's almost like there's a dotted line on the floor mm-hmm. I head for the audio board and make sure everything is set up to record and he does like crowd work and that's like a little microcosm we just naturally fall into yeah. that kind of stuff he's really good with social media and talking with people and engaging with them <laughs> a little bit better than I am and I'm really good with like the network back end stuff yeah, making yeah. sure everything is there doing the accounting and stuff so w- bringing somebody in like that a it's awesome to be able to share that we split edits and things like that and he brings so much to the table for like just the candor and the pace of the shows and just the cadence that we hit and we've been doing this together for five years now there's all kinds of just you know great stuff that comes out of working with each other. We just found each other on the internet like on something awful. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, that's awesome. we didn't know each other from Adam. We met each other like after doing the show for like 2 years or something like that. Like in person. You
0: guys you guys record in your own home studios mm-hmm. together but not together at all. <laughs>
2: right. <Yeah. laughs> yes, we were. It's kind of like a new postal service. Tell me a little bit about how you found Gary and then <laughs> what kind of things how what you learned about yourself and then what you learned about how you can push creative forward by having an ally.
1: Yeah. So um, I got in touch with Gary and we started Watch Out for Fireballs in 2011. Um, I'd already had the network. Duckfeed was a thing at the time. Okay. I was doing the show with my brother, uh, the, the those damn Ross kids, that show. And I was doing a show, uh, what is now called The Level, mm-hmm. uh, with some friends of mine from, from college. and uh... Which is hilarious. That's <laughs> such a great show. I love it. Thank you. Um, but... Uh, uh, Just hanging out on something awful, which I which I still do, even though that's kind of outmoded now. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, There was a there was a a podcast workshop thread, and just both of our work stuck out to each other. And there was a tweet that we sent that that I sent over to him saying, "Hey, do you want to do like a retro games show, like half hour every other week or so?" And that quickly, the first episode was ninety minutes, and it it, it was gone. (laughs) But like you know, looking for a co-host, just like, "Hey, let's start up a new project." I was unemployed at the time, or underemployed, or (laughs) whatever the whatever euphemism we want use for that, Um, you know, just looking for something else to do, looking for a co-host. And then as that grew bigger, we divided responsibilities. And what's been great about that is, you know, Gary, Gary's a huge part of it, but, you know, everybody... You know, from the guys at the level to um, Brayden, Nick, the guys who are on, like, Teenage mm-hmm. Shirt Bags or Check It Out, Comrade. Everybody kind of, like, pitches in. It is a huge group effort. Yeah. Um, and we even get, like, community people to, you know, step up <laughs> to guest yeah. on shows to uh, help us put art together and things. Like, they're very involved. And so we put together, uh, for lack of a... Uh, less douchey word, kind of this tribe mm-hmm. <laughs> around, you know, just this common, this common goal of, you know, playing games closely and talking about them, hopefully in a funny way. That's cool. Yeah,
2: yeah, and it, the way that you approach it, I feel, is really creative too. Um, and it, so, tell me a little bit about some of the overlap that you have on what we'll call your day job and your night job, <laughs> <laughs> your your, uh, your night talker job. Um, yes. Yeah. So what parts of those things overlap do you feel like?
1: It's a pretty they, they share a lot of a skill set because a lot of it is a, is about listening and paying attention, um, looking at things closely and then just scrambling on the fly to find some kind of connection mm-hmm. that isn't, you know, apparent. That's one, two, three levels deep. Um, And it doesn't matter if that is, you know, the lore of the Silent Hill series or if it's something to do with like cloud computing or AI. Um and <laughs> I'd be lying if I said that when I'm on the phone with people or when I'm you know in a meeting leading, trying to be you know try, trying to get people to move forward, trying to get ideas out of people. there is that notion of being a host, of being a performer, you know, being somebody who is conducting this not in a manipulative way. It makes me sound like a terrible person, <laughs> but um, yeah. of you know trying to. <laughs> just trying to keep things moving forward yeah. like what I'm doing with this sentence right now um, in order <laughs> I know to how you feel <laughs> <laughs> in order to just get something out of it yeah. And so you know I, whether it's sitting down and writing a script and you know a lot of what we do with script writing is less like a creative endeavor and more of like engineering trying mm-hmm. to take a bunch of different factors and get them all to work together correctly. Um, and then put a put a layer over top of it that's you know engaging, funny, things like that. A lot of that really goes back to, and I take that home to put in together outlines. I take that yeah. to, you know, solving problems on the fly with community kind of stuff. You know, if somebody is angry with us, well, it's just like a client being angry. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So what what
0: is the what is the one thing that's really like in this past year that you felt like has really helped you?
1: Uh, move forward, like what's really working right now for you? What's really working is this shift that has kind of happened in my mind, and, and this is specifically in relation to the, the podcast stuff, mm-hmm. to, to DuckFeed.tv, yeah. Duck.tv. Um, and it was, oh gosh, this past November, we were invited to give a talk at COSI, the, uh, oh, the yeah. science museum up in, up, up in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, at the Ohio Game Developers Expo, they, they they wanted us to go there and talk about the Dark Souls series, one of our shows. Bon Chat is about, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. area by area, the Dark Souls series. Really love that, very passionate about it, like feel that there's a lot to learn from it. And a fan was on the board, I think is like the president of the of the organization that puts that together, asked us to go up there. And wow. so, you know, putting cool. together this hour long presentation, doing a Q&A, meeting a lot of people. Um, but also like meeting fans, we had a meetup down here in in Cincinnati. We had a um, a meetup up there, and we've had meetups. We've met people in, in person, like out in Portland. We do a, okay. an event every year. But even out here in the mid in the in the Midwest, having this really kind of like intimate, you know, gathering with yeah. all these you know strangers, right? It was kind of like, wow, this the, there's this fundamental shift toward like community, yeah. In, that has been really helpful in conceptualizing this in like a really constructive way that fits into my life. It makes it makes it feel, you know, really, I guess, constructive is the only word I can think of for it.
2: What you're what you're doing and what you've tapped into through the podcast network and by connecting with other people that are also doing this similar thing from other angles Mm -hmm. is you're finding this place for belonging. You know, you're finding this place where people feel like, oh, yeah, I belong Mm -hmm. here. I belong with these people. Um, And it's surrounding a genre that is typically associated with isolation. Yeah. And I, I just find that really fascinating. And, like, um, I think that's a testament to the things that were inside you before you even found these two areas that you're <laughs> exercising that kind of uh, empathy and assimilation. Yeah, and,
0: yeah. the I mean, the podcast, your podcasting kind of ecosystem started with community, and you have just continued to build it and build it, and it's just been... Uh, becoming more of a raging fire, right? So mm-hmm. so it, it is interesting to think about how, you know, <clears throat> going from, like, playing video games to sharing that with other people, talking about it, and then putting out a product around <laughs> that. And then when you put the product out, it just gets bigger. Yeah. And it's really cool to see how much you've grown because I... I you know, when I first met you, I think you were at, like, five podcasts, and now it's, like, <laughs> you just said, what, like, eight? Five in development. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's so cool to see someone uh, really go after something and, and see fruits and see, be really mm-hmm. successful with it. So I've always looked at you and been like, yes, no. that's where I want to I go, where <laughs> Cole's going. Yeah. So one, really cool. one last thing. Uh, you. We've talked about this this
2: three step process of having a spark, which is an idea, mm-hmm. having a flame, which is um, like the prototype, the the actually doing the work and getting the the flame happening, and then the fire, mm-hmm. the marketing of that thing, the yeah. the growth of that thing. So we've talked about the flame and the fire a little bit. I would mm-hmm. love to know like what what the spark was. What what were you doing before you were podcasting and before you were writing videos and interviewing clients? Do you can you identify anything that you felt like was
1: was instrumental or that was key that kind of helped bring those things to life? My answer for this is going to be very mundane, which is watching or consuming some kind of media at an especially kind of receptive point in your life where you think, yeah, I could probably do that. That's great. Um, the you know the the spark for it was you know you know so so. The, the the place where, where we where we work, this is my first adult job. It just so happens <laughs> yeah. I've been here for five years, but you know, it really is like I'm uh, basically fresh out of college. Yeah. Right. Um so the spark for what kind of came before that <laughs> was was really uh, a very boring office job, mm-hmm. um, doing data entry for a, uh, a school supply company. Actually, you know, we would go up to go up to an inbox, pick up some printed out faxes uh, that came from a computer, and then I would take the numbers off of that and type them into another computer. Oh and I would go down to a warehouse where um, other other people would pack stuff into boxes with no air conditioning in the middle of the summer. This was this was like over over college and. <laughs> Uh, I ran out of music to listen to. I ran out of audiobooks at, yeah. the, uh, at, at the at the library. I started listening to like this American Life. I started listening to more importantly the the, the One Up podcasts yes. that, yeah. that that were around that time. You know, One Up Yours and. Uh, Um, uh, One Up FM any Mm -hmm. of those Retronauts uh, a huge one Um, and at the time I had had a a radio show at the University of Cincinnati Um, and you know I was just spinning, (laughs) spinning whatever alt rock I was listening to at the time and I was like oh well I can take this and then slowly over the course of the next three years I turned that show from, you know, just like, hey, here's some music and then a little bit of just like funny stuff in between to entirely uh, a video game talk show. So The Spark was just (laughs) sitting there with unburned cycles. And, you know, (laughs) right. Just just like a lot of a lot of pent up energy and boredom listening to something else, thinking, you know, like not just like I've got something to say or whatever, because, you know, everybody has something to say. But like I am in a position to where I can just keep working at this and 10, yeah, coming up on coming up on 10 years later, (laughs) it's a. you know, it it, it it has grown. So that, that initial spark was just the friction against the circumstances. Yeah. So,
2: OK, for those of you listening that are saying, oh, well, I consume media all the time and I'm listening to, to stuff and I'm watching movies. The jump, though, that the real leap that you need to take is one of belief and practice that you can do that also. Mm-hmm. That, that Like, you, oh, yeah, this thing I'm listening to, this thing I'm watching, I can do that and then do it. Mm-hmm. you know you have to you can't just hold the match in in between your fingers you need to strike it on something <laughs> you need to do the work to actually try and make that that spark into a
1: You definitely need to. You definitely need to start. But the biggest thing, and what I, when people ask us about about this, it's just you you keep doing it. Yeah. Like the 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 motivation isn't the fear of disappointing people, which trust me, anxiety is my engine. Um, (laughs) It 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 is. When you finish one, you can't you can't be sad. You can't rest. You can't do anything because the next one's like coming up down the line. You're probably already working on it. Yeah. So (laughs) just like if you're me, you're probably already late. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Consistent
0: yeah, yeah, consistency is key. Yeah, yeah. it's like mm-hmm. not don't always, mm-hmm. don't only start doing it, but
1: keep doing it. Yeah. yeah. You just have to work very hard for a long time and make marginal gains until until it all of a sudden feels entirely different. I'll yeah. take that
2: as
0: yeah. encouragement.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to keep up with
2: Cole and check out all of the cool shows that he is working on along with his cohorts at duckfeed.tv, the links are in the show notes. You can also find all the work that we've done, including the three shows about The Spark, The Flame, The Fire at creativecombat.blackfriday. Of course, we would <laughs> love to hear from you. Oh, and our other website, thebestpodcastintheworld.com. Sorry, um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, Cole. We already <laughs> bought fine. that. We'll That's sell it fine. to you, though. Um, and of course, you can uh, you can call in with any questions, um, and we would love to answer them on the show, or at least shoot you a text or a voicemail back. Call us and leave us a message. The number is five one zero four combat. That's five one zero four two six six two two eight. Of course, find us on SoundCloud and comment in line. You can also find Pete and I on tweet on Twitter. Uh, we'll also toss uh, good old <laughs> Cole <laughs> Ross's uh, social handles up there because I'm yeah. sure you'll have some follow-up questions for him. He write good <laughs> He, he <laughs> write <laughs> real good. Word. He write good yeah. words. Uh, Cole, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Cole. Thank, cool. thank yeah. you so much for having me. It's been yeah. great. Absolutely. Yeah. Until next time. Thanks for listening.
0: Bye. Bye.